Magazines and Monsters, Episode 13, Astonishing Tales, Number 8, 1971. Man, you come right out of a comic book. Hey everybody, Billy D, a.k.a. Doc Strange here, back with another episode of Magazines and Monsters. This time around, my guest and I will be talking about a Doctor Doom story. And if you're going to talk Doom, you absolutely have to have none other than Professor Allen on your podcast. How are you, buddy? Good, good, good. I did have one quick question before we get too far into this, Billy, if that's okay. Uh-huh. What is this junk you had me read? Uh- <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding, man. I'm just kidding. Spoilers. It's pretty good. Yep. It's 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 like we just discussed off mic. It's one of the classics, um, but one that I had not read until just a few short years ago. So uh, it was... Uh, you know, not on my radar until uh, after the passing of Gene Colan. And then it was put into a tribute book, and I got to read it, and I thought, wow, this is one of my favorite, if not my favorite, Doom story ever. And I, that's that's saying a lot, because Doom's been around oh. for many, many moons. <laughs> so before we get rolling here about the story, though, so for those of you that might be, you know, living under a rock, uh, Professor Allen has the Relatively Geeky Network with a few different shows on there. So why don't you just tell us quickly about the uh, shows you have on your network? Yeah, thank you, Billy. That's Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. And that feed includes, well, most importantly for this episode, Doom Speak, mm-hmm. a, a monthly-ish show where I cover uh, a doom related story now that there's no more ongoing darn you hashtag big comic um i sort of bounce back and forth between doom 2099 stories and then other miscellaneous doom appearances uh also that feed also has the quarter bin podcast where i talk about the best kind of comics cheap comics Mm-hmm. We've got Shortbox Showcase and the Comics Reading Journal over there, too. All on one handy-dandy feed. Yeah, and I the quarter bin, that's getting tougher and tougher for me to try to relate to because I can rarely find quarter bins anymore in my area. And then when I do, it's mostly just newer comics that were, you know, uh, mm-hmm. printed printed tons of it and couldn't get rid of it kind of there there it's getting real tough to find quarter comics even yeah, 50 at, cent comics at at this point for me it's uh, uh there's a store that has 50 cent comics uh pretty regularly but in terms of quarter bins it's basically sale if uh you know the where the dollar books will be marked down for a week or something like that mm. for anniversary sale at the store or something like that. But they're, they're, they are certainly a little, a little tougher to come by than they were five or 10 years ago. Yeah. And then gosh, you think, you know, I remember just, well, maybe eight to 10 years ago, 15 tops. You used to be able to find, you know, 10 cent comics yeah, yeah. <laughs> in some, in some bins. <laughs> and some of them almost worth it. Yeah, really. <laughs> and some, not so much. <laughs> yeah, you do feel bad. I mean, as uh, look, my wife will tell you, I'm a, I'm a, you know, cheap. I mean, budgetary conscious fella. But I, 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 I feel bad when you know when the store will occasionally have a you know ten cent, uh, ten cent sale, and you flip through and you say, nope, nope, not worth it, not mm. worth it, nope. <laughs> I mean, when you leave books behind in the 10 cent bin that has really got to hurt that comic self-esteem 
Yeah, that's it's a little scary, isn't it? That's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but it happens. It does. It does. <laughs> yeah, I think the last time I even saw a quarter bin, or maybe it was 50 cents, but it could have been quarter. Uh, there were quite a few that I just said, nope, nah. Uh-uh, Not worth no. it. Not worth it. No. I'm good. <laughs> you got to have standards. You got to have standards. Yep. And then, you know, I, I'm a, a self-professed uh, curmudgeon. I, I'll <laughs> admit to it. I'm having a hard time buying anything that's, you know, uh, in the last 20 years that was made. Uh, it's tough. It's tough for me. <laughs> so if I can't find anything bronze or copper, I kind of just keep on rolling these days. So that makes it even tougher because of, you know, obviously with the films and the uh, Disney Plus shows and all that stuff. Uh, a lot of those back issues have really the back issue market has really gone yeah. crazy. Yeah, darn speculators. Yeah, uh, yeah, them, uh, them, those CG seers with their plastic tombs. All right, anyhow, <laughs> start going on a rant here. No, no, no. But anyway, yeah. So this one, uh, this story is really cool. It was uh, originally Astonishing Tales number eight uh, from 1971, which you know, if anybody's not familiar with that title, it was one of those split titles where. Yeah, Marvel had uh, two different uh, stories in the book. And for, I think, just maybe the first, like, 10, 12, maybe even close to 15, uh, the one half of the book was always a Doctor Doom story. Uh, and there were ones where it was, you know, Doom and Subby, and there was some Doom, mm-hmm. and I think there was Red Skull and uh, Black Panther in a couple issues. They were pretty good stories overall, I think. Uh, but That's just... Yeah just one of the great things about the marvel universe the way that they've you know set up you know essentially differentiated from 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 dc in that uh you know, everything takes place in the same world often in the same city so there's a natural reason for you know characters to cross over with each other as a as opposed to dc where it seems there's some strange magnetism that uh, holds heroes to specific cities and then holds villains to those specific heroes. Right, yeah. And then there was a sister title, Amazing Adventures, too. Um, that was the same way. There were two different, mm-hmm. you know, lead characters in those and all. But this one was, like I said, Doctor Doom. And then I think Kazar was in most of the other ones mm-hmm. early on right. there, which, right. yeah, Kazar's okay for me. You know, some of the artwork was great. Hit and there miss. Was some, He's hit and miss. Yeah, there was some good artwork in there. Some, I think, Kirby, Barry Windsor Smith, people like that. Mm-hmm. So that was cool artwork, at least. But... Yeah, enough of these people, enough of these peasants. We're here to talk about (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Doom. And uh, the story is called Though Some Call It Magic. And uh, I don't have uh, Astonishing Tales 8, but I do have uh, a Gene Colan tribute book that shortly after he passed, uh, I think around 2008, Marvel put this book out. And it's got uh, six stories in it with Gene Colan artwork, you know, a couple of Iron Man stories from uh, Tales of Suspense, a Doctor Strange story. Uh, from uh, the volume one, number 174, you know, the Roy Thomas and Gene Colan, uh, Tom mm-hmm. Palmer stuff. And then uh, a classic Daredevil story, uh, Brother Take My Hand. Great story, uh, Lee and Colan. And then uh, a Tomb of Dracula story, of course. Of you got to have one of yeah. those. Yeah, you need that with uh, Wolfman, Colan, Palmer. And then uh, this very uh, tale we're going to talk about today, which is uh, written by Jerry Conway, penciled by Gene Colan, uh, inked by Tom Palmer, and lettered by Gene Izzo. So, uh, all right, well, let me just quick uh, run through like a little quick uh, synopsis here so that people know uh, what's going on in this uh, story, and then you and I can chat about it. Okay, so the story begins with Dr. Doom 
standing aloft his castle in Latveria. He references her and a cross he has to bear. His faithful servant Boris tells him it is time, and the two head inside and into the bowels of the castle. A storm rages outside, and the villagers look to the castle in fear. It is now we hear the story of how on this day, every year, Doom confronts the keeper of his mother's soul and attempts to free it. Okay, so what did you think of this one overall, Professor? I mean, it's a great story. And, you know, more than that, what made me excited to read this and and, and talk about it is the idea that not only is it great, it's actually important in that it takes a, a prior bit of information about Doom and his history, his heritage. And that, I think, probably back in FF Annual 2, that sort of laid the groundwork for this story a number of years later. But it takes that, pushes it forward a bit more, and then ends up laying even more groundwork for great future stories. You know, very few comic book stories manage to pull that off. And here, Conway and Colin do that in just 10 pages, 10 great pages and 10 important pages. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it was like a, it appeared in a book that you only got half the page count mm -hmm. to be able to get it done. So that makes it even tougher to pull off a really good story, in my estimation, because mm -hmm. you have, you know, a lot less time to do it in. Absolutely. But yeah, and, that... Uh, Go ahead. So, uh, by the way, I've talked on on my shows about a couple issues of Doom 2099 that mm. were written and drawn by Ernie Cologne. Mm. So I want to apologize in advance if I slip <laughs> and uh. call Colin Cologne or vice versa at some point during this episode. <laughs> so I'm pretty oh. sure I did it when I was talking about Cologne's book. So I'll probably do it when I'm talking about Colin's book. <laughs> yeah, two very similar names there. But so what do you think of this uh, splash page, though? Wow, I love this splash page, though. Some call it magic and magic is very big, you know, accentuated. Um, and there's Doom he, standing there in one of his typical poses. He got his arms crossed. Mm hmm. And he's um, standing right in front of a, a, a wind machine that's down below him, which is appropriate <laughs> with the spotlight coming in from the top because that cape is fluttering out, not mm -hmm. just behind him, but above him, basically. <laughs> I mean, this mm -hmm. is the, this is what the headliner of your stage show needs for crying out loud. I mean, if you're going to if, if you're going to do this pose, if you're going to stand here and have have uh you know a great artist like gene colin draw your portrait I mean, if you're going to stand there for a couple hours yet yeah, th this is what you need to do <laughs> yeah doom looks like he's ready to be on a, a stage in vegas here he's ready to <laughs> uh, and of course he's uh, monologuing me... here as well i love that i love when he monologues love it you know they say you know for a lot of characters you know one of the reasons they have a sidekick is so they have someone to talk to, right? It's a way of getting some, getting some either their their inner thoughts out or or some other some other aspect of of uh, of the plot or characterization out. So you need to give a character a sidekick. And I look at Doom and say, mm, no, no, you don't. He can do all the talking he wants to to himself. Oh yeah, for sure. And I mean, even when you insert somebody for you know a couple panels only here and there with like Boris. I love how there's that dynamic with the two of them that, you know, it seems like he's been around Doom forever. So Doom uh, 
I wouldn't, I don't do I want to say likes him as much as Doom can like anyone else, but <laughs> if he steps out of line and says the wrong thing, Doom will uh, use his uh, speech to uh, put Boris in his place too, this, yes. this old older gentleman. <laughs> mm. But wow, yeah, that second page there too, where the two of them are going walking through Doom's castle and then down into the, the, the dungeons or whatever you want to say that he has in the bottom there. Oh, just exquisite work by Gene Cole in there. I mean, you know, I can't say that I've seen your favorite artist, Gene Colan, draw a lot of Dr. Doom, but he certainly mm-hmm. takes full advantage of this opportunity. It's mm-hmm. just, again, you get, if if you can do the dramatic capage and then get the mask good, you're good to go for Doom. And he certainly does that. And then, of course, just the darkness of the story, like, the mysteriousness, the gothic elements, the dark castle, the, the 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 moonlit nights, right? I mean, for that stuff, it's hard to beat Colin. Yeah, and I mean, even on the third page there, the bottom right panel, it's you know a close up on Boris, and that's a great close up mm-hmm. there on just his face, even so, even something like you know faces and a close up too, he can do a really good job. But you know, the following page where it shows the uh, <laughs> the villagers looking up at Doom's castle in this thunderstorm <laughs> raging, that was my only like slight criticism of the entire story is uh, you know the villagers, you know, with their dialogue and stuff, act as if they know there's something sinister going on in Doom's castle. And I kind mm-hmm. of think, how do they know this? So do every time, do they think that every time there's a thunderstorm or like, <laughs> you yeah, know, maybe the legend is, look, look, you, you head down to the tavern. Boris takes a couple of pops. He starts talking. I'm just saying <laughs> the man, yeah, loose lips and all that. So, but this is not the first time. This is not the first Midsummer's Eve or whatever this is that this, that this battle has taken place. So <laughs> there, there, there is a history to this, and maybe that history has gotten out just a little bit. And now I'm picturing Doom walking into that pub and looking at Boris <laughs> and Boris, saying, Boris, again? Loose lips, sink ships, let's go. <laughs> and they're back to the castle, he walks him. <laughs> Oh, man, but wow, you know, here, here we go with some, you know, Gene Colan, you know, Tomb of Dracula, Doctor Strange here, where <clears throat> I guess it's on page five, where Doom is, you know, have in front of a bubbling cauldron and calling up uh, the, the, the demons here. And man, Colan does a great job there. But I love Doom. He has, has no respect for these, the, whoever this is. He's like Beelzebub, Satan, whatever thy whoever, name be. Whatever. <laughs> he doesn't know who he's dealing with, but he's like, get out here because we need to fight. I love it. Doom, Doom's arrogance is like got to be my favorite thing about Doom. <laughs> I like to think of it as self-confidence, but you call it what you will. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I, I hear he's you. He's a man no. who's sure of himself. Okay. <laughs> yeah, man. And then that uh, panel at the bottom of the page there, too, just close up on Doom's face. I love that, too. I do what needs to be done. I do this because I am Doom. Love it. Mm. Yeah, if, if if you can get the eyes behind the cape and get the angle and the shape of the uh, of, of the mask right, you're you're well on your way to getting Doom right. And he does it because you have the when you the, the great thing about Doom's mask is that you can see Doom behind it. Yeah, you can see. Oh his eyes and around his eyes you can see whether his eyes are sunken whether he's whether they're bloodshot whether he's angry you can see whatever you need to see behind those 
those are little slits, but they're enough to show you what's happening uh, uh, within the mind of the man. Yeah, and then I love how, like, he, you know, these demons or whoever start assaulting him, you know, not physically, it looks like, but more like mentally <laughs> and emotionally. Yeah. And, you know, he's he's fighting his, his off pretty well there. And, uh, you know, they get into a battle of words as well, which good luck with that. Doom's not going to lose a battle of words <laughs> to pretty much anybody. <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's had some words with Reed Richards and even Superman and told him where to go. So it's not like mm-hmm. you're, you're going to win one against Doom in that uh, arena. <laughs> and it, one of the things that I think uh, comics of this of this era are something that make made Marvel stand out was that, you know, really before Marvel arrived, comic book characters and superhero books, which means we're talking about DC, every character was either a hero or a villain, right? You had two poles, two options. Mm -hmm. And what Marvel did was introduce characters that didn't just fit into those two binary polar character types, but they introduced to comics or at least popularized within comics the two other types of heroes or two other types of characters that fit between hero and villain and that's the anti-hero and the sympathetic villain and this is clearly an, an attempt to sympathetize <laughs> dr doom right <laughs> i mean this humanizes him this gives this gives him a pain that we can all identify with a story that we can all identify with because like all good little boys, Victor loved his mama very, very much. Yeah, like you said, I think that's a huge part of this. And Conway does pretty good. You know, you don't really think of Conway as a, an FF writer and specifically right. Doom, but he does a really, really good job here. I think with Doom's voice and then, like you just said, portraying yeah. him as, you know, a human part of him instead of this stoic, you know, oftentimes almost, I don't want to say robotic, but emotionless right. kind of guy other yeah, than maybe can, a- anger yeah, he can be a distant <laughs> yeah I mean, but but he 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 can take a distant approach you know putting himself above the petty concerns of this world uh yeah. but he but he, he but this does give him that emotional that emotional core and like i said this builds off of one of the all-time great comic books of all time i mean sometimes it's my favorite it's always in the top five and that's, like I said, FF Annual 2. And that introduced Doom's parents, his heritage. Uh, we'd now see the, the the Roma people or the Romani. But in the language of the day, and it's in, it's in this book as well, mm-hmm. it was that his mother was a gypsy. And mm-hmm. again, I use the word advisedly, and I don't intend to use it again in this conversation. But it does speak not just to a real and persecuted ethnic group across Europe, but from a literary perspective, that word does carry with it a sense of mysticism and magic. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like how in the United States, if you said a story in New Orleans and there's voodoo there, like like you're 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 bringing in this additional layer of story uh, mm-hmm. by by setting it there or using that that people group, and um, and in that story we learn of this this uh, combination that that doom is of that this heritage of sorcery or magic that he has as well and that just that alone 
uh, that was a, a Kirby and Lee joint. And what that story does, it just sets, it sets this template that sets Doom apart. He can go equally, you know, he equally fits going up against Doctor Strange and Iron Man, right? Because he yeah. is both of them. He's technology or, or the, um, you know, somewhat overrated uh, Mr. What's he called? Mr. Average? Mr. <laughs> oh, Mr. Stretchy? Oh, oh Mr. Stretchy Pants. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but he he can stand toe-to-toe with the scientists, mm-hmm. and he can stand toe-to-toe with the sorcerers. And that, that alone, I mean, that concept alone sets him apart. And then what Conway and Colin do here by taking that and then layering in this extra bit about the annual battle for his mother's soul. Again, it humanizes him. It gives him pathos, gives him a, a sympathetic uh, bit of history. And again, this plot element that's introduced here has then gone on and, and be, been the jumping off point. I mean, Doom and your buddy Doc Strange mm-hmm. have crossed paths you know, over, this, uh, over this concept. Mm-hmm. And another all-time you know, top five, top ten Doom story for me, which I recently covered with Luke, Jack, and Eddie over on Doom Speak, relatively geeky podcast network plug, <laughs> the, the epic Iron Man 150. It yeah. uses this fact as its jumping off point because Doom and Iron Man end up in Camelot mm. because Doom has been visiting history's great mystics and magicians to get the spill to get the spells and skills required to eventually win this annual battle and release his mum. Mm-hmm. And in that story it's it's Morgan Le Fay that he's consulting. And mm-hmm. so that great story in you know, Iron Man 150 and its follow-ups within Iron Man exist because of this story. So that that that's why I mean that this isn't just really good it's actually important for the for the doom storyline and i'd argue for um for some great marvel comics it's 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 an important concept and beautifully delivered here yeah like you said i don't like off the top of my head i can't think of too many other stories from you know this early on in the bronze age where even if, like you said, you go back to FF Annual 2 and this story and kind of combine them, what other stories had such a lasting uh, impression on just one right. character or whatever, like, you know, just going forward and it's been revisited how many times. It's just, it's uh, it's definitely up there. Like one of the ones that just comes right to the top of my head, like, oh, yeah, I can't really think of any other character where they've had a moment like this and it's it's swept through their entire, you know, existence. Yeah, that's why you know I, I try not to get too too hung up on continuity for continuity's sake. But man, it is when it's used right, it is it's a powerful tool because you you can lay in fifty years of story. Mm-hmm. You know, with with some well placed with you no know, uh, with some well placed continuity, and that that by itself just. You know, the the idea of comics building and building and building year after year, year after year, decade after decade is is one of the unique aspects of the of the storytelling landscape. 
Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And then, yeah, back to speaking of the story, back to the story, too. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> this demon tries to, you know, assault Doom this way and that way. And then he uh, uh, conjures up this, uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call this guy. His name is Cag Rock the Killer. He almost looks like some kind of Neither mummy. flesh nor blood shall fill his frame. Only the strength of ageless stone. Yeah, wow. So, yeah, it looks like a. It looks like he's covered in bandages. Like, he's a mummified type... Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, humanoid type creature that looks really pissed. And uh, he starts uh, fighting, physically fighting with Doom. And the two of them have an epic battle. Doom picks up a chain and starts beating the crap out of this guy with a chain. Like, it's really, really good. Like, wow, unbelievable fight. I love it. <laughs> and then I guess, I mean, I guess they end up fighting to a draw. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's you know, the end is not victory, not defeat. It's see you again next year and 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 you know maybe that is maybe that's doom's great punishment is that this is not a one-time affair this is an annual mm-hmm. rit- ritual for him that he has to do this maybe that's that's uh, uh that that that's part of his 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 penance for past deeds is that he has to go through this over and over and over i mean there's a there's a, a, a you know a, a Sisyphus aspect to this. Mm-hmm. Right? You know he's he's you know, doomed to repeat this over and over again. And over the years, we do get many different versions of this of this annual affair. In in addition to stories that bounce off of it and reference it and ar- arise because of it. Yeah, and I do love the fact that it seems uh, the demon realizes or believes that doom will never succeed because it's an impossible thing for him to succeed. But doom doesn't look at at it that way. Like you said, he just Mm -hmm. is going to keep going and trying to get better and stronger and, you know, uh, add to his mystical abilities that, you know, one day it will happen that he will, you know, win. So it's like you said that. (laughs) And why? Because Victor's a good little boy. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Hey, he loves his mommy. Yeah, if you think about it, who wouldn't, you know, uh, try to continually save a parent? Like, that's, I don't know anybody that wouldn't, to be honest with you. (laughs) And then Hmm. he, yeah, but he said at the end, you know, he, you know, sort of is, is, is released from this battle and Boris finds him and Boris says, oh, here you go. Rest here on my shoulder. What? Doom (laughs) needs no rest or an old man's weathered shoulder. Yes, you do, Doom. Come on, man. Yes, you oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, a little, a little vulnerability here and there. Come on, man. This is see. This is this is why Sue Storm is is never gonna love you, buddy. You need just just a little vulnerability, just a little humanity, buddy. Come on, let it out. Let it out, man. <laughs> Doom needs no one. Doom wants no one. I only want to be alone. Poor Boris. <laughs> and then he has a moment, though, where he shows his, you know, emotions yes. a bit, but it's only when he's alone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tried, yet perhaps not hard enough. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, he goes to his mother's like a tomb or crypt or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. there. And, you know, has has a moment there where he reflects and says he's sorry. I'm, he's, I'm sorry, mother, perhaps next year. Like, wow. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, great, great this, this, emotional this, moment. Man, this story gets it done. 
it gets it done. Yeah, like I said, 10 whopping pages. It's not even like it's a full comic <laughs> book. And it uh, is that great. Yeah, that's that's just incredible stuff there. I love it. So, wow. Yeah, so what other, let's see. So you said about, you know, yeah, Doom Speak. So can you kind of give us a little maybe a peek into the future other than some 2099s? What else is it you uh, may be looking forward to in that uh, I, I, I know. Um... I know down the road I've got a I've got an issue of the thing, sort of the Doom World, oh, uh, or okay. battle the Battle World story. Mm. Uh, I've got that I've got the that one coming up, and then I mean the great thing about Doom. I mean again this is partially owing to the uh, Marvel Universe, partially owing to to Doom himself. That you know, like I said, we just covered an Iron Man mm-hmm. issue. Um, we've, we've covered Doom's appearance in Cloak and Dagger. So he, he's, <laughs> he's, I mean, I just hope he got a good appearance fee for that one because, oh. you know, don't, don't even, don't, let, let's not even talk about Dazzler and the Dazzler Doom appearance, <laughs> but look, running Latveria takes some money. Sometimes you need to do, you know, you got to do what you got to do sometimes, even as an international despot. But, uh, you know, I mean, the the fun thing is you're not limited to stories, titles with the word doom in it because he's he's faced down just about everybody in the in the Marvel U. Yeah, you know, big, you know, heavy hitters, like we said, Cloak and Dagger, Iron Man, Squirrel Girl. (laughs) Also, some of those lesser known like the um, fan fan Fan, the the fan four sticks, yeah, the Incredibles, whatever their name is, yeah, exactly, whatever. <laughs> the egomaniacs, I think, is what what they're called. Uh, <laughs> but he's, I mean, he's going up against the Hulk, and spoil. He's, you know, he's he, hey, you're around you're around long <laughs> enough in the in the Marvel U, you cross paths with everybody, and that's yep. that's that's one of the fun things about Doom and and sort of taking a. Uh, like I say, in those uh, non twenty ninety nine, uh, Doom twenty ninety nine is my favorite all time series. And Ooh, so we're okay. going through that, cover usually two or three issues ish, issues at a time, and then like I say, bounce around to some other aspect of of Doom's history. And there's plenty of that. Yeah, I was uh, just on vacation recently and bought a few comics at a comic shop in Savannah, Georgia, and uh, I. <laughs> started just flipping through them quickly and all of a sudden i saw a very famous panel and i won't mention what book it's from and it's doom being attacked by a flock of squirrels so i'll just let it at that you know things happen (laughs) things happen you know we're cool we're cool (laughs) those fortunately fortunately i kind of like squirrel girl so i am i am totally okay with that story Yeah, I didn't even realize it was that story until I flipped through it. <laughs> oh, goodness. But okay. So, yeah, like you said, you have your, your shows going over there on the Relatively Geeky Network. I love the quarter bin, too. And then, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Doom Speak, too. I was really looking forward to that, even when, uh, you know, because like I said, I wasn't keeping up with Current, but I was really enjoying uh, hearing you talk about the, the new Doom series that had been coming out, too. Yeah, that was fun. I, th- I you know, I, Imagine that's one that got, you know, the the COVID delays and the COVID changes and all of that certainly you know, cut into the 
you know, that happened right in the middle of that storyline. So I imagine it would have gone a little bit longer. I think it ended at issue 10. It probably would have gone to 12 or 15 or something. We would have gotten a little bit more, but there's something valuable about having a self-contained beginning, middle and end to a story. Oh yeah. So, okay. So, um, just to then, uh, once again, say thank you for coming on the show here. This was great. I definitely wanted to talk and talk to you about a doom story for sure. Cause that's, you know, let's be honest. That's the doom is who you are. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at some point, obviously we do have to tackle triumph and torment you and I. Yeah, we, we, I, we have to go Doc versus Doc at some point, but <laughs> yeah, I did a, a while back. I did talk to Herman about that. And I said, you know, oh, gosh, even if we could try to, like, you know, squeeze that onto into the weird somehow. But that would be a really long episode because that's like a, a pretty long story. Yeah. Um. So that would be a longer one. So I'm not sure how we could pull that <laughs> off. But, oh, absolutely. We need to talk that one. That one's that one's good. And then, you know, Mike Mignola involved with that yep. one. Oh. Yep. Love it, actually. Well, thanks for having me on this one, Bill, and giving me a reason to dive into this excellent little story. I mean, this is a story, obviously, you know about if you're a uh, if if you're a doom man, but uh, I had not read this, so I appreciate the opportunity of, you know, sort of taking a look at the original version of the story where it all where this important part of of doom's history, you know, where it springs from. Yeah, anybody out there that's looking for this one, like I said, Astonishing Tales number eight, or find that Gene Cullen tribute book, one of the one of those two books to find it in, or even I think it's in one of the newer uh, editions of the Triumph and Torment trade. Even oh, okay, I that think it's in that would make yeah. sense if, if they're doing an expanded version that that fills out some of the backstory. Yeah, I think they had that, you know, the Triumph and Torment. They had this story and then maybe uh, one other Doctor Strange story where Doom made a quick little appearance from that, like, 1988 Sorcerer Supreme uh, right. series. I think they shoved that in the back and then, you know, some, like, original artwork pages and stuff like that, too, to fill it out. Yeah, I, I covered back in the early days of the quarter bend some of the, I think, was it Acts of Vengeance? No, uh, Infinity, one of those storylines that had Doc Strange and Doc Doom together in the in the strange book for two or three mm. two or three issues of fire in yeah one of those, it was, i think it was an, an infinity fill in the blank yeah crazy crossovers or events or yeah. something that was like yeah. the, the late 80s those things were full on mm -hmm. that's when it mm -hmm. that's when it really all started people <laughs> 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 the shenanigans really started then <laughs> And they've never stopped, unfortunately. That is but, true. Oh, boy. All right. Well, like I said, I'll, I'm going to let you go here. I don't want to keep you too long. So I'm going to let you go here. And once again, thanks for being on the show, sir. And uh, then I will be back in a quick minute to wrap things up. So Thank stay you, tuned. Thank you, you Billy. Bet. Hail Doom. Hail Doom. <laughs> You're wrong about Dr. Doom. He, too, is a freedom fighter, just as you are. In those days, Latveria was ruled by a different tyrant, the Baron. Why? Why must we always run, Father? We can fight them. Always ready to fight, no matter the odds. Just like your poor mother. She would be alive today if not for...
found Victor Von Doom and his father the next morning, nearly frozen to death. have murdered my mother and now they have killed my father they will pay all of mankind shall pay for this even then i had the uneasy feeling it wasn't young victor von doom who would need my protection the gypsy's medicine cured my headache but my hair my hair Gypsy, he sold me dust, not gold. Get him! Victor Van Doom, you are accused of. <laughs> Fool, did you really think Victor Van Doom could be captured so easily? Uh, it's a life-sized doll, a, a robot. And so the legend of the strange young gypsy grew until... Victor, a stranger to see you. Hello, I'm Dean Stockton of Eastern State University in America, and I'm prepared to offer you a full science scholarship. Victor used the college, used its modern scientific equipment to conduct strange, forbidden experiments. Hey, Vic, I've been going over some of your notes, and I'm afraid you're a couple of decimal points off on some of your figures. Out! I have no time for you. Okay, find out for yourself. At last. His experiments ended abruptly. to myself. My face, it is hideous. And so, Victor Von Doom hid from the world, taking refuge with the mysterious order of monks. Here he became Dr. Doom. Okay, everybody, that wraps up episode 13. Uh, once again, I'd like to thank Professor Allen for being on the show. Uh, you know, one of the biggest Doom fans, but also one of the nicest guys out there in the podcasting realm. So definitely check out uh, Relatively Geeky Network and his shows that he does. Uh, most of them are solo. He'll have a guest on sometimes here and there. And then uh, him and his daughter also do another show, too, that you can look up on the network there. Uh, pretty cool stuff, so definitely give him a look. So... Once again, uh, get ready for some more movies, as uh, very soon uh, my buddy Herman and I should uh, be recording another movie uh, review, so we'll be talking about something classic and something new, so get ready for that. Take care, everybody. Bye.